is good. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord for his goodness. This is, uh, I want to do this first. This is Veterans Day weekend, and we want to honor our veterans here at Westside with a, with a small gift. Um, you all have done so much more for us, for our country, for our freedom that we enjoy, and uh, I know that this gift from our church doesn't uh, compare to uh, your service and your, your commitment and your willingness even to pay the ultimate price if that was necessary. And I speak on behalf of all of us that uh, we deeply and sincerely appreciate your military service to our country. And if it wasn't even, and some of us might think, and I want to correct it, that you say, well, maybe they, wasn't, maybe they didn't serve in wartime. Well, because they served, there wasn't wartime. And because they served, we had a defense. We had national defense, and because of their service. Uh, so we want to recognize our veterans. If I can get a couple of guys. Uh, Nathan, could you help me? You all pray for Nathan. He's uh, got a broken toe, but he can make it. Uh, can Isaac, can he help me? David, come up here, David. Because we're spread out a little bit, and they can help us out. First, want to recognize uh, Brother Bob Courtney and his service for our country. He's back there in the back, and his son-in-law Victor. Victor's follow Nathan. Follow. They uh, their service is uh, is certainly appreciated. Next, we have uh, Amen, Brother Tom Jones. And Scott McCoy. Amen. Should have had four boys. <laughs> you want to help me? Next we have Brother Al. He's sitting back there next to next to Bonnie. You want to help me? Wiley Shelby, you know where he is? Appreciate Brother Wiley. Junior Pratt, we appreciate your service. He's right back there behind Jake, we got all kinds of stuff now. Ben Garrett. Thank you, Brother Ben. Charlie, would you raise your hand? Thank you, Charlie. Got one more. Don. Thank you, Don, for your service. Did I miss anybody? Right here. Just waving at you. Right there. Did we miss anybody? Amen. Thanks, boys. Amen. I know we've been clapping. Let's give another round of applause. Thank you all so much for what you've done for our nation, and uh, enjoy Cracker Barrel. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, let's take our Bibles now and turn to the book of Genesis chapter, Genesis chapter number 14. Genesis chapter 14. While our minds are there, do pray for uh, Philip. He's uh, Bob Courtney's son-in-law, Victor, who's with us today. His 
his son. He's now he's departing, serving overseas in Eastern Africa. So we want to pray for him. Amen. Do pray for Philip, um, that God can help him, God protect him, and the guys he's serving with, and the ladies he's with. And let's pray for all of our men and women in the service. Amen. Do remember him when you pray. As often as the Lord reminds you of Philip Cole. Did I pronounce that right? Coyle. Okay, I always have trouble with it. Do pray for him. Do pray for him when you pray. And that God would protect him. Alright, Genesis chapter number 14. In chapter 14 we have uh, of Genesis the first recorded war in the Bible. Uh, there might have been some before that. We don't know. But we do know this is the first war between tribes of people recorded in the Word of God. And in this, we won't read this whole portion coming up to verse number 11 where we're going to begin to take our text. Uh, there, verses 1 through 10 is, would be an exercise in word pronunciation. And I don't want to uh, continually follow my face up here before you this morning. But I'll summarize briefly. There is a, there's a conflict between four kings, and these four kings invaded... Um, the plain of Jordan where there's five kings. Uh, some of the headings in your Bible be, might be called the Battle of the Five Kings. Uh, but within this conflict, uh, the king of Sodom is affected, his kingdom, and uh, these four invaders, they take the people who live in Sodom and they take them away captive. So they kidnap them uh, from their homes and their community. So in verse number 11, we'll pick up reading there. We find Lot there in Sodom. And in verse number 11, look what happens to Lot, Abraham's nephew. The Bible says they took all the goods of Sodom and Gomorrah and all their victuals and went their way. And they took Lot, Abraham brother, Abraham's, Abram's brother's son, who dwelt in Sodom and his goods and departed. And there came one that had escaped and told Abram, the Hebrew, which is Abraham, for he dwelt in the plain of Mamre, the Amorite, brother of Eshcol, and brother of Abnar, and these were confederate with Abram. So there's, these guys are, are within a, uh, in a group of people that help each other with Abraham. That's what confederate means. Verse 14, and when Abraham heard that his brother was taken captive, that's Lot, he armed his trained servants born in his own house, 318, and pursued them unto Dan. And he divided himself against them, he and his servants by night, and smote them, and pursued them unto Hobah, which is on the left hand of Damascus. And he brought back all the goods, and he also brought again his brother Lot, and his goods, and the women also, <clears throat> and the people. Let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, Thank you, Lord, for this morning. And thank you, Lord, as we've honored our veterans here in our presence. God, we are grateful for the service that they so freely gave to our country, and we appreciate them deeply. Lord, I pray they have a blessed weekend. Lord, I pray you would bless us today by your gospel, by your word. And Lord, your word would have a great impact on our lives. And as we're preaching through this passage, this, this narrative through Genesis, God, I pray it will it'll deeply bless us and in rich our faith, and have our faith to become more deep and meaningful in the Word of God. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and we thank you. Help us now. Bless us now. In your name, Jesus Christ, we pray and ask these things. Amen. <clears throat> now, you remember in chapter 13 that in verse 10, 
<clears throat> that Lot lifted up his eyes, and he beheld all the plain of Jordan. And then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan. And verse number 12 of chapter number 13, that Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain. He, notice he's inching closer to somewhere. And then he pitched his tent towards Sodom. And so Lot remembers living by faith, living by sight, rather. Abraham's living by faith at this moment. And Lot, he sees the well-watered plains of Jordan. And so he's living life by himself, by what he sees and how he feels, and he's not trusting God's plan here. He should have dwelt and stayed with in the covenant blessings of Abraham, solved the family issue. And then we see he's heading towards Sodom now. But then we, when we get to verse number 12 of chapter number 14, we find that he is in Sodom now. And so the erosion of his spiritual life has taken him all the way into the very city of Sodom. Now remember in chapter 13, verse 13, the Bible gives us some insight of Sodom. The Bible says, But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. And so Lot should have stayed away, shouldn't he have? But he didn't. And we find him in chapter 14 and verse number 12 that now he's living in Sodom. He's living in the place where he ought not to live. You'll notice something about your life, that the road you're on, it'll always lead to a destination. And you've got to think about what road you're on, don't you? And sometimes we think, well, I'm not there yet, but the question is, is where's that road taking you? Now, I hope and pray tonight today that all of us, Lord willing, are on the road to heaven. Amen. The, the highway to heaven through the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. Now, you're either on one of the roads. You're either on the narrow road, aren't you? Or you're either on the broad road. You're either on one of those two places. You're either on the narrow road that leads to life, or you're on the broad road that leads to death and destruction. Now, whichever road you're on, if you don't get off that road, that's where you're going to end up, amen? Whichever road you're on, if something don't happen, you're going to end up to wherever that road takes you. I often use this analogy when I talk about roads is if you are driving to Myrtle Beach and you take I-40 and then what is it? You get on 26, right? Go down through Columbia. Then you take a left and you head to Florence. And then from Florence you take a, is it a right? And you head down towards King's Highway. If you stay on King's Highway, you're going to end up at Myrtle Beach, aren't you? So whatever road you're on and the, wherever the road goes, that's where you're going to end up in your life. And Lot is on the wrong road, isn't he, in chapter 13. And Lot views the well-watered plains of Jordan, and then Lot pitches his tent towards Sodom, and we knew it was going to happen. Unless he turned around, we knew it was going to happen. And sometimes I'm shocked by people's lives because they end up somewhere, and I even think, did you not know that this was going to happen? Did you not know this is the destination that you're heading towards? That, you know, there is a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death and destruction. And sometimes we think we're on the right road, but if we're not following the Lord Jesus, you are not on the right road. Amen? You're not. Sometimes I wonder, did you not think that this lifestyle, this decision, this choice, this direction in your life is going to put you in this position? I mean, don't be shocked if you're on the road to Sodom and you're still traveling to Sodom. Hey, we all know what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah, right? He's heading to the wrong place, isn't he? Don't be shocked if you're on that road that you're going to end up there. See, Lot is living a secular life here. And we think of secularism, we think, we think of maybe drunkenness or, uh, or, or fornication or something like that. Really, it's just 
earthly living. It's just living a life without the direction, the presence of God in your life. It might not even be just this outright, grotesque, sinful lifestyle. It's just you're on the wrong road. And Lot was living a secular life here. And secularism will always lead you down the wrong path. It's not just sinning, but what road are you on? That's the question. And I hope and pray today you think about the road that you're traveling on. Now, I don't know what what road all of you are on, but if the road, if the destination is Sodom or somewhere like it, then please, please, I beg you, turn around and get off the road. I beg you, don't keep following that path. Because it will lead to the destination. Whatever road you're on, that's where you're going. Amen? Now, you can't live, though, in Sodom without Sodom affecting your life. You can't. You can't live in Sodom without Sodom living in you. You Now, I I can't find anywhere in Scripture where Lot participates in the sin of Sodom. I can't find anywhere where he is actively participating in the exceeding wickedness of Sodom. But Sodom is already affecting his life, isn't it? He's been kidnapped because he's living in Sodom. He stays in Sodom and then he has to flee for his life and Sodom burns down to the, burns down to the ground around him. So, Lot isn't participating in the sins of Sodom, but the sins of Sodom are negatively affecting Lot's life. In other words, whether he realizes it or not, Sodom is affecting his life in a negative way. There's a passage of Scripture in the book of 1 Corinthians 1 Corinthians chapter 15 at verse number 33, the Bible says, Don't be deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. Don't be deceived. And what that means is bad company corrupts good character. Have you put it that if you heard it that way before? Bad company always corrupts, always corrupts good character. Booker T. Washington said, It's better to be alone than to be in bad company, isn't it? It's better to be alone than to be in bad company. My mother once told me, I remember I was single at the time, and I was uh, asking my mother's advice about dating, which young men should, amen? And my mother, I'll never forget it, she said, Josh, there's worse things than being single. That's what she told me. You could be with the wrong person. There's worse things than being single. There's worse things that can happen to you just by being around people that negatively impact and affect your life than by being alone. It's okay to be alone, amen? But, but remember, don't be deceived. Evil communication, it corrupts good manners. Whoever you're around, it'll either affect your life in a positive way or it'll affect your, your life in a negative way, Amen? You say, this is simple. Amen. Thank God it's simple. But it's hard to practice, isn't it? It's hard to practice. See, Lot is living outside of God's covenant and the world kidnapped him. He's living outside of a right relationship with God and his his rebellion or his being on the wrong road, the world literally kidnapped him and took him away. The four kings came and they kidnapped Sodom and his family. And when you and I live outside of the covenant grace of God, we can literally be kidnapped by the world. You say, well, they're not going to come get me. Some of us, they've already gotten us. They might not have 
chained your wrist and taken you out of your home, but sometimes we get so far outside of the covenant grace of God that we are kidnapped by the world itself. And Lot was kidnapped on the wrong road, led to the wrong destination, and the world literally kidnapped him and his family and took him away. Now, Abraham lived in the Abrionic Covenant, so God says, wherever you go, whatever you see, Abraham, it'll be yours, and I'm going to bless you through your seed. All the nations of the earth will be blessed, and I want you to stay in my, in my covenant. And Abraham was blessed by staying in that covenant. But you and I might think, well, what kind of covenant do I have? We're under the new covenant, amen? We're under a covenant of grace and mercy. And our lives are blessed when we are inside that covenant. Our lives are blessed, and we're blessed by knowing Jesus Christ as our Savior. Amen? And I could say, can't you who know Him, oh, what a difference since Jesus passed by. Amen? So I'm living in a covenant. I'm living in a covenant in a New Testament that is purchased and bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. And within that covenant is blessings and guidance and direction and protection and, and faithfulness and grace and mercy. But if I start living a lifestyle outside of the will of God, it will impact my life in a negative way. Amen? Now some folks think, well, I'm a Christian and I can't get worldly. I know too many worldly Christians, don't you? And they're on the wrong road. And it might be some of you. You're on the wrong road, heading down the wrong path, and you might know the Lord Jesus Christ, but don't ever forget, whoever the Lord loves, them He also chastens. Amen? And I want to live a life that I don't have to be taken by behind the Lord's woodshed. Amen? How many of us could say, He can straighten you up? Amen? He's straightened me up a time or two. Hadn't He you? Some of you, if you can't say that you haven't experienced the chastening hand of God, remember... He, remember, you are none of His. For whoever experiences chastisement, you know that you belong to Him. Amen? I've said it often. I heard Brother Boyd Bingham say one time, how do you know the Lord loves you if He whips you? Because He don't whip the devil's kids. He whips His own. And I don't want you spanking my kids, and I ain't going to spank your kids. Amen? Chastisement proves sonship or daughtership. Amen? We need to stay within the covenant, rightful fellowship, relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? There's a wonderful way that the Bible illustrates this. There's a good example in 1 Corinthians chapter number 7 and in verse number 39. Now, practically speaking, how do I live or you live inside this, on the right road, inside this covenant relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ that He can bless your life and help your life? Because if you get on the wrong path, the world can literally kidnap you, amen, like it did Lot and his family. There's a wonderful example about this, about living within the covenant, the boundaries that God, the Lord Jesus, has placed upon our lives, and it deals with marriage. And just by way of an example, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 39 says this, The wife is bound by the law as long as her husband liveth. But if her husband be dead, she's at liberty to be married to whom she will. Only in the Lord. Now here's, here's an example. The Bible is saying, listen, here's the right path for your Christian life. You marry the right person in the Lord. Amen? Don't marry an unbeliever. Remember, bad company corrupts good manners. And marrying an unbeliever would be disastrous for your Christian life, wouldn't it? It would be a terrible decision. 
So we think, what kind of road am I on? This is what these roads look like. This is what the path looks like when we make choices and decisions in our life. God wants you to stay within the boundaries of His covenant blessings. And when we get outside of that, don't be shocked when stuff starts falling apart. Amen? How many of you would agree it matters who you marry, don't it? And the Bible says you need to marry in the Lord. What's that mean? They need to be a believer. They need to know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. It don't need to be an adulterous relationship. It needs to be a relationship in the Lord. Because if you marry outside of the blessings, the boundaries that God has provided for us, I'm telling you, you, some of you might know from experience, your life can be negatively impacted and you could be kidnapped by a situation just by not obeying the Lord. Amen? There's another passage in the book of Romans, chapter number 13. A boundary of like, you shouldn't go partying, amen? You shouldn't live a lifestyle, live the nightlife. And the Bible has something to say about that. These are just examples. Romans chapter 13, look at verse number 12. The Bible says, The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day. Not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying, but put ye on the Lord Jesus. What does that mean? Live in a right relationship with Jesus. Taking the wrong path would be this. Is this is just like Lot heading towards Sodom. Here's the wrong path. Rioting, rioting and drunkenness and, and, and wantonness and not in strife and envying. Because if you go to the wrong place, you get in the wrong car. Listen, young people. You get in the wrong car, you go to the wrong house, you go to the wrong party, and you could be kidnapped. Your life could be kidnapped. One choice, one moment, one decision, wrong person, wrong people, wrong life, wrong night, wrong place, wrong time, and then everything changes. Because you're on the wrong road and heading down the wrong path. You know, once you get in Sodom, I don't know what's going to happen next to you. I don't know if they're going to invade. I don't know if it's going to fall apart. I don't know if there's something terrible is going to happen. You know why? It is outside of the covenant protections and blessings of God. He's not going to bless Sodom. Don't go to Sodom, amen? He's not going to bless it. Now the Lord, thank God, knows how to deliver the just, righteous from temptation, but at what cost, I wonder? What are the consequences of it? Wrong place, wrong time. It's better to be alone than be in bad company, amen? It's better to be alone. You can be lonely and be right with Jesus, amen? Jesus is better than bad company. One lonely night ain't going to hurt you. One dreary month ain't going to be the end of the world. You don't have to be friends with all those people. You don't have to fellowship with that group all the time. If they're heading the wrong direction, then don't follow them. Amen? Don't follow them. Amen. The Bible says another example would be Hebrews chapter 10. Just an example. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse number 25. Living outside of God's covenant, it applies to our lives and it affects our lives in a negative way. 
One way that this might happen would be maybe getting out of church. Maybe not being in fellowship with a local church. You know, the more I experience this in my life, the more I can say that I'm starting to say, as I said last week from experience, I'm starting to believe I know what I'm talking about. It's important to be in fellowship with the local church. Amen? Amen. Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 25, that not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day fast approaching. It's taken me a long time to, to, to understand that faithfully assembling with the saints has been a tremendous encouragement to my life. It has brought me so many blessings. It has helped me through so many hardships. Even right now, I feel like even I'm, a, I'm not as sharp as maybe as I, as I am sometimes, if you'd even call that sharpness. I'm dealing with something even right now in my personal life that kind of has me burdened and afflicted. It's not that big of a deal, but sometimes, you know, it's the last straw that breaks the camel's back. Amen? Say, well, that ain't no big deal. If I told you, it really ain't a big deal. But you ever get burdened? I mean, you ever just get afflicted and just frustrated with life? You ever get that way? I do. I'm that way right now in this moment. You're looking at a man that is frustrated. Look at him, I'm tired. You ever get that way? I do, amen. I just sometimes don't know if I can make it. I know I will. I know I'm going to. Praise God, I know He'll get me there. But sometimes the journey is difficult, isn't it? Sometimes the journey seems unbearable, don't it? Sometimes the weight seems as if it is the whole world's weight is upon your shoulders. And I'll be honest with you, in Sunday school, I felt that way. I'll be honest with you, this morning I felt that way. I woke up this morning, I didn't even want to come. You ever felt that way? But I knew, and I know, and I've experienced it, and I know what will happen if I just get there. If I get there, God will bless me. If I get there, God can help me. If I get over there with them people, God can lift me up. This morning I was even writing down on the envelopes for the veterans their names. And I was here alone at the pulpit and I felt His Spirit speak to my spirit and His Spirit spoke to my spirit and it wasn't an audible voice. I didn't hear it with my ears. But I heard in my heart, I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to be there for you. You're going to make it. Amen. And praise the Lord, that's true, isn't it? He's going to help us. We're going to get there, aren't we? By and by, we're going to make it. One of these days, it'll be worth it after a while, won't it? I cannot quote it again to you. Not now, but in the coming years, it'll be in a better land, won't it? <laughs> we'll read the meaning of our tears. And up there, we'll understand. We'll see why, sweet, sweet, we'll see why dark clouds did roll. There it is. And cover a many cherished plans, won't we? But one day soon with tearless eyes we'll see. And up there, won't we, we'll understand. And when I get with you people, and I think about what you've went through, I think about your experiences and your heartaches and your hardships and your difficulties and your dilemmas and your mistakes and the, the bad parts of your story like we all have, right? And how God's helped you and how God's been faithful to you and how God's always saw you through, hadn't He? 
And God's brought you through terrible times, hasn't He? Difficult times. Times when you thought it would be easier just to die. And you've sat under your juniper tree like Elijah did, and you've thought it'd be better if I'd never be born. And I've seen you all walk through the valley. I've seen you barely make it sometimes. I've sat by you and I don't even know what to say sometimes. I've seen you go through it. But then when I see you here, I think God's been faithful to them. God's been good to them. And I think if God can get her through it, then I know He can get me through it too. Amen? If God can do it for them, then I know that God can do it for me. And if I fail to assemble myself together, I'm on the wrong road, aren't I? I'm going down the wrong path. I just have to get here. It might be hard to get here. It might be difficult sometimes to stay here. But I've got to get here. Amen? I've got to come. I've got to hear Brother Wiley keep singing. I've got to hear that Sunday school lesson while sometimes, to be honest, if we're all honest, it seems like it's 4 a.m., but really it's just 10 a.m. I've got to get here. If it, if it wasn't for this church, I don't know what would have happened to my life. If it wasn't for you people, I don't know what Sodom would have done to my life. If it wasn't for you all, I would have been kidnapped by this world. Can I stay with you a moment longer? How does the church encourage you? How does it keep you going? It's an encouragement, isn't it? Even when I was wayward, heading towards Sodom, we've all done it, haven't we? We've all been on the wrong road. We've all headed towards Sodom, haven't we? And while I'm on my way to Sodom, I swing by the local church. And while I'm on my way to Sodom, and my heart is on my way to Sodom, I hear the songs, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. And I think, wait a minute now. I'm with these people. I'm numbered with the saints. They're my people. They're singing my songs. They're, they're, uh, they know the same Savior I know. And what happens to me, I think, what an encouragement, I think. i got to get off that road. I've got I to gotta follow Jesus. i got to do right. I'm going to start reading my Bible again. I'm going to pray again. I'm going I'm to come back Sunday night because I'm on the wrong road. And you know what? It's amazing when you come here. You still with me? It's amazing when you come here when you're not living right. You know what I'm talking about? I'm not condemning you, I know. When you're not living right. You can't worship like you want. And if you know Jesus, you don't like that. And if you come here and you're not living right, don't it help? Because you want to, you're a Christian. Don't it help? How many of you said Sunday night? I have a bunch. Sunday night after two services, I think... That's it, I'm going to get my life together. That's it, I'm going to turn back to Jesus. I've done it a bunch Sunday night, I think that's it, I'm reading more of my Bible than I did last week. Sunday night come around, I think, you know what, I'm going to work on my prayer life. What an encouragement it is to be on the right path, amen? It's better to be alone than being bad company.
Bad company corrupts good character. But you hang around the right people and you walk down the right road and you follow the right path. There'll be blessings and peace and joy and right resolutions. God will make a way. God will help you. Remember, Lot chose all the water in the plains of Jordan. Abraham didn't have that much water. And then God came to Abraham and said, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make a difference in your life. Lot's still heading towards Sodom, drinking all the water he can, happy as can be, until the world kidnapped him and took him away. Did you notice it took Abraham to rescue Lot? Thank God for the ones who stayed behind. Thank God for the ones who kept going to church. Thank God for the ones who stayed faithful to their Bible. The thing about my old pastor, thank God that he stayed when I left. And he's rescued me. He helped me. I want to be like Abraham, don't you? I want to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the faith. But maybe some lot needs to be rescued. Maybe my children need some advice. Maybe my wife needs to be prayed for. Maybe my family, can help, I can help them. But if I'm going down there with Sodom, I can't help them. If I'm living in Sodom, I can't be of use to them. Hey, this might not be exciting, but this is what we need. If I'm living out there in the world, then how can God use me to be a light to my family? Thank God Abraham didn't live in Sodom. Who came to the rescue? Abraham did. Saved him from the world. I'm glad God has a remnant, aren't you? I'm glad that God has some faithful mammals. That's been a conscience to our lives. That God has used to be guideposts and way markers to show us the path that we should walk in. God's used people in our lives to rescue us from the world. Hey, if it wasn't for the faithful members of Westside when I was drifting away, I'd have no place to come back to. Amen? I'd have no place. Stay faithful to Jesus. You might be the rescue your son needs. You might be the hope that your daughter needs. They need Jesus, and it might be Christ in you that turns the matter around. Follow the Lord. Amen? Don't go towards Sodom. Don't drift away. And God can use you to help people. Let's stand to our feet this morning. Maybe there's some burden here that needs to be prayed for. Maybe there's some heartache that God can help. Maybe there's a burden that God can lift. Maybe there's a soul that the Lord can save. Jesus loves you. Jesus died for you. Jesus died because you're a sinner. Jesus paid your debt. Jesus was the sacrifice for your sins. If you don't know Christ as Savior this morning, if I can help you, if I can talk with you, I'd love to talk with you about it. Hey, listen to me from experience. Jesus makes the difference, don't he? Jesus makes the difference. And listen, if you're a Christian and you're heading towards Sodom, listen, Lot, the Bible says, was a righteous man. 
living in the wrong place, heading down the wrong path. The world kidnapped his daughters. Think about it. And sometimes what we want is the, we fall for secularism, don't we, as parents? We spend more time and more energy wanting our children to have experiences or to achieve something in their life. But is it of the Lord? Think about it. Lot was a righteous man heading the wrong direction. And maybe that's you this morning. Maybe God has spoken to your heart this morning and said, that's you. You're on the wrong road. If you stay there, you're going to get kidnapped. What's the saying? Sin will take you farther than you want to go, right? It'll cost you more than you can afford to pay. It'll keep you there longer than you're willing that you wanted to stay. Now's the time. Today's the day. Get off that path and follow Jesus. As we've seen together, maybe there's a burden.